Last day here in Nashville at SEC Media Days 2023. Andy Staples with me from On3 now, of course. Uh, join in covering all things college football across the country, but of course here in the SEC. Uh, I want to start with just in general, the event itself, it's felt pretty subdued. I, you know, Saban didn't, Saban didn't attack anybody. You know, we haven't had, you know, Hugh Freeze didn't take any tough questions. Georgia, Kirby Smart was pretty chill. Do you get the sense that this is just a, a calm before what is going to be a wild season, or is it just kind of a regular old event here? People are trying not to say anything. You know, Lane Kiffin got asked if he could rank boosters at different schools and he goes god I wish I could and then he said that the, the commissioner keeps saying you know you don't have to answer every question but it's just not yeah there, there's not really any major pressing issue other than the general complaints about NIL stuff like that there's not something for to really gra- latch on to I thought the Alabama players and Saban they had a little bit of edge to them knowing that they're not getting picked to win the league Maybe they'll get picked to win the West, but they're not going to get picked to win the league. Uh, we don't know if they're going to, as, as we say this, if they're going to even get picked to win the West. That's a legitimate chip on the shoulder for Alabama. Like, they don't have to manufacture it. It's authentic. And I always feel like Nick Saban coming off a season where he did not reach the goal they wanted to reach, he's much more dangerous because he has a challenge in front of him. He has a, a puzzle to solve, and it makes it, it makes him better. It's funny. I was going to say, what was your what's your number one football storyline? And it does feel like the 50-50 split between LSU yeah. and Bama in the West. There's not many people that are super convicted about it. Do you have a conviction on your ballot? Uh, I sort of coin flipped it last week and, and picked Bama, and now I'm really glad I did yeah. because I feel like they are coming in just with an understanding of, hey, we're still deeper than these guys. We get them – in Tuscaloosa. And LSU's top-end talent is as good as Alabama's top-end talent. They have a couple injuries. Alabama's better equipped to deal with that, just like Georgia's better equipped to deal with that. And then and Brian Kelly has been pretty upfront about that. When people ask him about the national championship, he knows, obviously, that is what you're hired to get at LSU. And he can get there. And he says they're maybe one recruiting class away from being deep enough to truly compete for the national title. And that's not poor-mouthing. That's, that's the truth. If you look at Georgia's roster, look at Alabama's roster, LSU just needs a little bit more, just those dynamic young guys who, if you lose a really good veteran to injury, they can plug in, and they're going to be starters for three years. You and I talked at this time last year, and one of the things that we talked about was sort of how much unknown there is in college football at this time of year versus the last 20 years yeah. because of all the things that we talk about, NIL portal changing, coaching changes. This year in particular, we have a really healthy middle class. We kind of have a feeling who the top three are, but then everyone else is kind of in this chunk, and they're all really balanced. They all have like either questions at coordinator or quarterback there's it's it's super super balanced I think very good football teams do you still feel the same way about the the conference now and then with Tennessee and Ole Miss on day four I think there's a lot of people high on Kentucky and A&M but who are the teams that you like to bubble up from the middle class and again first question it's two-part question Andy the old two-parter is are we in the same place knowledge-wise about these teams and who do you like in that middle class can you repeat the question? Sorry. I always wanted to do that. I love when the coaches take the two-parter and then go, can you repeat the question? Uh, the microphone did not cut out. Exactly. Okay, so in terms of – I don't feel like we have any more knowledge Thursday of SEC Media Days than we did on Monday of SEC Media Days. 
I think let's well let's take it by division. We can only do that one more year. But the West, beneath Alabama and LSU, you have these five teams. And I would argue that right now, if you look at those five teams and the games they play against one another, they're all coin flips. Now, Texas A&M has the best roster of those five. It is different when you look at the talent level versus the other five. That doesn't mean it will be any different in terms of results. That's Jimbo Fisher's mandate is win the games you're supposed to win. They do show up when they play really good teams. And they, they beat LSU last year. They should have beaten Alabama last year. You know, they, they show up for those games. But you got to beat Auburn. you got to beat Mississippi State. you got to beat Ole Miss when you get a chance. And can you do that consistently? I don't think it's that easy. I mean, they, they beat Arkansas last year. If K.J. Jefferson doesn't reach over the, the, line, the goal line, that they, don't, they don't beat them. So they got to prove that because they can be different. They can be more like the Alabama and LSU. I think the other ones, I think Auburn can be different eventually, but that's going to take a few recruiting classes for Hugh Freeze. In the East, we don't know if Tennessee's as good as they were. I, I think the assumption is that they are, but I think that's a dangerous assumption because they did lose some really good players. And especially like when you lose Darnell Wright, when you lose Byron Young, it, they don't have the factory at the line of scrimmage that, say, Georgia has. And so... That opens the door for if Kentucky, you know, Kentucky's got Devin Leary coming in at quarterback, who was a like NC State was doing a Heisman campaign for him last year before the season, and it was legit. Like he had a great 2021. He has NFL tools. They bring back Liam Cohen as the offensive coordinator at Kentucky, and and the offense definitely was very effective under him. Will Levis's first year there, so I think with a, with a better offensive line, which they may have as they move some pieces around, they could be potentially the second best team in the east or the third best team if, if kentucky is where we think they are i think florida is going to be better than vegas does i don't know how much better but five and a half wins as a total feels a little low and you talk to billy napier i i get the sense he likes the chemistry of this group better yes they lost a first round quarterback i would argue they didn't use the first round quarterback as well as they could have i think they were afraid to run anthony richardson because they didn't like what they had behind him but they're they're one of those that we won't know unless, like, if some of their young receivers are pretty good, they could be pretty good. They, they've improved on the D-line through the transfer portal. So they could throw a wrench into some things for a Tennessee. But we don't know. And then South Carolina is another one that, I mean, what are they? The team that beat Tennessee and Clemson at the end of last season? Or the team that the week before they beat Tennessee got blown out in, at Florida? Like, I'm asking you these questions, Andy. I don't know. Like, I could lie to you and say I think I don't. That, that's the thing. I, uh, we'll, we'll let you in on a little secret sauce. Like, there are people who are like, I'm going to squat on this take, and I'm going to do it all off season, And it doesn't matter if it's wrong. because you, cause, uh, So the take, like, let's, well, let's just pick one. Kentucky's going to win the SEC East. And then you become the Kentucky's going to win the SEC East guy, and Feinbaum has you on. You say it. They make fun of you. You put it out on Twitter. Everybody's like, no, no, no. But you get engagement. Yeah. 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 yeah we're not going to do that this time. 
Well, so Georgia's not going to win the national championship, uh, which I've been saying all week, but I don't feel like that's really a hot take. I think three peats are incredibly difficult. That Last year, the disrespect, I could argue, was accurate. They weren't picked to win the national championship. They weren't picked to win the SEC even. They, they had their returning quarterback and their returning coordinator. This, they, this year, they don't have any of that, and they're picked number one. I'm, I'm a little surprised that Kirby didn't play the disrespect card a little bit harder, but I think it's because he knows it's garbage now. They're clearly the best program with the best players and the and everything, but it does feel a little bit like a hot take that they're not going to win the national championship again. It's not a hot take just because the math tells you it's incredibly hard to do that. And I think that's people, reasonable people understand that. It, it's just, it's not, this isn't saying anything negative about Georgia. It's just saying lots of really good teams have tried to do this and something comes up at some point. And, but, but here's the thing. If you take away the last two national titles, if we, if we pretend those never happened, and we just look at the roster that Georgia has right now in a vacuum on paper against everybody else. You're picking them to win the national championship. That, that's the thing I keep coming back to. They're still the most sensible pick for the national title, even though history and math tell us it will be very hard for them to three-peat. I mean, Lane Kiffin this morning was like, well, if we would have tackled Vince Young, you know, we could have won 35 straight and won a, th- a third national title. But, like, Vince Young happens. Right. Like, that, that's what happens. Yeah, I, I, I want to go back to Florida because I'm, interest, I'm interested that you mentioned them because my question for you was going to be, was Florida here this week? And that's not meant to be disrespectful to what Billy Napier is doing. Maybe it's disrespectful to the state that Dan Mullen left the program in. But, like, it, they did feel like they, they are one of the premier institutions in this conference. They have been to more SEC championship games than anybody else in the East. Like, they are the Alabama of the East. But they came in on the third day. They, they were here. And then they were gone, and I don't think anyone's talking about them for obvious reasons. I'm a little surprised to hear you say that you, you kind of like them a little bit better than Vegas. I think they want to fly under the radar. I think Billy Napier is all about flying under the radar. Now, one could argue that they don't market their, their, their football team very well right now, and maybe that's by design too because the, the expectations are not great right now. But I, I do think a lot of these other programs right now are better at pushing their players, better at generating a buzz around their team. Florida should be better at that than they are. It, it used to be that the team would do that all itself. The, you know, the, the team would generate its own buzz. It's not doing that now. So they're going to need to work a little harder to do that. But Now it's Netflix documentaries. Exactly. Exactly. You've got you to have your own net. But listen, if you don't actually let people see all the stuff, like Formula One does and the golf one does, nobody's going to watch. Oh, you're talking about... The I'm talking about I'm talking about I'm talking about Swamp Kings. Yes, no, no. They, they are getting exposure on a very prominent streaming service. It's just not the kind of exposure that they want. It's, well, I digress. Well, I digress. Let me, let me put it this way: There's enough people involved with that team who are happy with that documentary that tells me they didn't really get any of the good stuff. Okay. So okay, then way to crush all of our hopes and dreams to watch that team. Either way, I think that my take on Florida has been patience, patience, patience. He's building out the infrastructure. The question is, is he going to be the one who gets to enjoy all the work he's putting in to build the program, to hire the assistants, to build the scouting departments, to, you know, the outdoor facility, like all this stuff. He's doing all the, the grunt work that you don't see. It's starting to pay off on the recruiting trail. But again, I think to your point, that's why they've kind of been under the radar. Well, I think you can thank Jimmy Sexton for the ability of, for Billy Napier to enjoy the fruits of this he will have time because at the end of this year they would owe him 31.6 million dollars florida ain't paying a buyout like that that you know a&m maybe (laughs) auburn maybe florida ain't paying that so he will get time 
no matter how mad everybody is, it, let's say the season does not go very well, he'll have time to put together another recruiting class. And, and if, if these recruits are what we think they are, because, you know, you look at who they're beating out now. They are now starting to occasionally beat out an Alabama or a Georgia or a Clemson for a player, and that was not happening before. So logic says that in a year or two of this, they will be better. And his contract will make sure that he's still there when that happens. Andy, uh, just in general, I'll let you go on this. And I appreciate your time. On three, of course, check him out. I just think we're in, because you mentioned coin flip games, and I really do think that every Saturday we're going to have three or four of these games where it's going to be six-point spread or, or lower. I, I just It feels like it could be one of the more dramatic and exciting regular seasons we've ever seen in the SEC. And, oh, by the way, we're expanding next year. Oh, I, I agree. It, think about the you've got Alabama and LSU in the West where they are legitimately talented enough to hang with Georgia, beat Georgia if they get to the SEC championship game. And then they got to play each other. But they also have to play these other teams like a Texas A&M that is as talented in the starting 22 as teams that can compete for the national title. You've got Hugh Freeze at Auburn who, you know, you go back to him at Ole Miss, he could always scare you or win a game that they weren't supposed to win and really upset the apple cart. Uh, I mentioned Kentucky, you know, does Tennessee keep improving? Like, can they? It, like, what if Tennessee goes to Tuscaloosa and wins? Like, how different do we view everything after something like that? So, yeah, I, this could be a crazy year. And then you've got this specter of Texas and Oklahoma coming in. Texas going to Tuscaloosa in week two is such a nice appetizer for that. It's going to be a great year. I think it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait for the season. I'm hoping the talking season ends quickly. Uh, Andy Staples, of course, on three. You can check him out there. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening here from SEC Media Days in Nashville.